tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hey, pull up a chair. It's Hacks on Tap with David Axelrod, Robert Gibbs, and Mike Murphy. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Mike Murphy, it's the uh, the the gun has gone off, the starting pistol, the uh, and uh, we're into the midterm sprint here. That, that's why we're panting to our listeners. We're we're now in full hacks trot. You know, we were going to have we had advertised on or advertised we had we had tweeted uh, that we'd be joined by Brother Gibbs, but apologies, he had an emergency. We're still not sure. I think we have to put the hacks on tech detectives on uh, on full alert here to figure it. I think it was of a work nature, not a personal nature. I don't no, want what? people worrying yes. about them. Yeah. Well, I told them not to take that North Korean client. You know, they're very unforgiving. They're always demanding attention. But no, Gibbs wanted the money. Well, and they gave him a they gave him a rocket too. I think <laughs> was part of the deal. That's what he wanted to have his own. Yeah, he's in orbit now. But Listen, there are two central players who are out in the middle of this thing now, and they're very familiar. They're Biden and they're Trump. Uh, and, uh, you know, Trump had a big uh, two-hour rally on uh, Saturday in Pennsylvania. Very familiar stuff. We'll hear a little bit of that in a second. But tell me what you think of the strategy of Biden and this particular angle that, you know, democracy is on the ballot and you have to come out and vote for to save democracy. You know, I, I really have mixed feelings about it. I mean, look, as a citizen, I totally agree. I think it was an appropriate speech, and I agree with every word. So, you know, he's got me, but he's always had me because I'm rabidly anti-Trump. The question is for the midterm hold that he is in. So I, I think the speech did no harm because his side of the equation, his half of the country, loved it. It, it adds the equation that they're the righteous army saving democracy. And, you know, they, they have a case uh, about that because of the, the things that have happened on the uh, crazy right. That said, I think the election is going to be about middle class economics. And that's where Biden's getting killed. That's why his unfavorable favorable ratio or his job approval is upside down. It's been creeping back a little, but it's still awful. So I I think if this becomes the hammer of the entire election, which is I'm right, they're evil, um, it doesn't move the needle for him. And I don't think it's the answer politically. So I talked to a guy in Pennsylvania, and I know we're going to get into the Pennsylvania Senate race later, but uh, who told me, who was ta- sharing a private poll. And he said, Fetterman is currently getting 11% of Trump voters, and Biden has a 17% approval rating among those 11%. I mean, small samples, but fair to say that Biden's not popular with those people. So the question is whether Biden going out and sort of 
bashing people. And I know he keeps trying to make the distinction between good Republicans and bad Republicans. So don't worry, Murphy, you're not being uh, tainted by, uh, by well, all of God. this. Yes, <laughs> I was very afraid. <laughs> if you are, if you are, if you are still a Republican, I don't know if that... I'm a, I'm a, I'm a conservative patriot. I'm, but, I, uh, but, but here's the thing: this person was worried that uh, this doesn't help because they need some of those Trump voters. Uh, they need to peel away some of the Republicans. Interestingly. Uh, you know, in the governor's race, I think there's a similar number, but they're getting different kinds of Trump voters. Uh, Fetterman's getting working class, you know, voters probably between Pittsburgh and 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 Philly and small town voters. Yeah, and th right, and that's his that's his special trick, right? And and, and Shapiro's getting the suburban Trump voters, but right. neither of them necessarily profit if if Biden puts himself in the middle of it and partisanizes it in the way that he did. Yeah, no, I commend it two ways um, for exactly those reasons. On one hand, as what a president ought to say about the state of the country, I totally agree with it, the larger cause. But as far as grubby mid-year politics are concerned, I, th I think it's divisive and an unhelpful way for the Democratic cause. Um, and it's also for, for Biden is, oh, we're going to rehash the old fight again. You know, it is a tired old argument. One side really agrees. One side really doesn't. It polarizes everything. It tells everybody they got to go stand up with their tribe. Um, it, uh, I just don't think it, it moves the needle. My general rule on these things is anytime the Democrats give a big speech or try to align the election with a speech that the New York Times editorial board would jump to its feet and wildly applause, they're, they're probably not working the politics right because they're, they're talking inwardly, not to the voters they need to peel. Unfortunately, these conversations we're having are recorded, so all our forecasts and predictions are there for posterity what? to re review. Nobody told me that one. Yes, oh, we I'm sent screwed. the order out to destroy all of that. <laughs> we we tried to, you know, we tried to pull a Trump and uh, get all the tape and hide it in your basement, but it, apparently we weren't successful. So everyone who listens to this knows that. Uh, yeah, we were really, I mean, I've been very glum about Democratic prospects for a long time. That has clearly changed. It has changed, I think, because, and I've, I think I've said this before in the last few weeks, but because of, uh, uh, you know, events in, in, in June uh, and, and, and beyond, but mainly uh, Dobbs, which is hugely motivational in a way that I thought it would be motivational, but more than I ever imagined. Uh, that combined with Trump's reemergence at the center of the party, not taking the party to the center, but he's the, in the center ring and uh, bringing with him all these kind of nutty ex extreme candidates whose main qualification is that they're willing to affirm his uh his, uh, you know, craziness about the last election uh, and all of that. And then, by the way, there were two mass shootings in the middle of that. Uh, all of that has, I think, helped create a sense where six months ago, independent voters were saying, gee, they were Democrat. And Biden's been tugged way to the left. And, you know, that worries me. And now uh, they're looking at the Republican Party. They're saying, she's uh, I don't know about these guys. And you can see it, I think, in the Wall Street Journal poll. 
There was significant, maybe 11% jump among independent voters uh, for Democrats. Uh, so you see a big shift there. I mean, Democrat, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, among independent voters for yeah. Democrats. Yes. So my thing is that's working. So is it helpful for Biden to reinsert himself in the center ring or when your opponents are destroying themselves? Oh, exactly. Shouldn't you let them do that? Yeah. I mean, you know, this whole democratic comeback thing is, it's fascinating, and I think about it a lot. I'm trying to figure out how much of it is a confirmation bias deal in that they were so down and so depressed that Republican stupidity in the campaigns, we're going to talk about a bunch of mm-hmm. other things like that as we get into the races. But, you know, how much of it is – there's definitely been an inching this summer back to the Democrats and what has been a terrible environment for them. You know, will it land there at the end? Because I'm I'm old. I'm in the yeah. Jurassic wing of the consulting business, as are you. And we all remember when summers kind of go one way and then the fall people zero in and it can go the other. And I don't know the answer to that yet. I do agree with you on Dodd and the road decision has put some energy into the Dems they didn't have. It may turn out some younger presidential year voters who lean Democrat. You know, there's all kinds of good stuff they may get politically from that. Well, a lot of the backgrounds are in the suburbs, and uh, it's going to be particularly impactful there. Uh, right. You can see in registration numbers, women right. are uh, responding in many of these Not only states. women, young men. You know, that's yes. the most pro-choice group, and also yes. bad at voter turnout in mid- midterms. But anyway, to your point, does this— Fighting the great Trump war over again, is that the most optimal thing? And does it pull the attention away from punishing Republicans and put Biden, who's got popularity problems, right back in the middle of the voters' angry eyes? I agree. Risky. Now, if this is a one-and-done deal where he's planted the flag for democracy, rallied his troops, and they're going to pivot forward uh, to the do-nothing Republicans, et cetera, et cetera, then I can kind of see I'm told that he wants to barnstorm. On this? Well, yes, I think he, well, it was the key to his speech on Labor Day. And, but beyond that, I think he, he wants to go out and campaign for Democrats twice a week. And I'll tell you something. Um, he may run out of Democrats who are ready for the sop with camel to land on the barnstorm. <laughs> no, uh, I agree. By the way, bad analogy. If I were him, and you know, maybe it's just us saying it because it's a wonderful word, but I would, you know, I'm going to barnstorm, and then we got to make some talkies here. It, it kind of, <laughs> it kind of antiquates him a little. And look, Biden has had a great summer. He has got a series of legislative achievements. By, by, by the way, if I were doing a speech on democracy of the sort he was making, I would have made much more of the fact that, you know what, there are Republicans who stood up to the loud voices in their own party and actually worked with us to get some important stuff done. Yeah. And, uh, and that's how democracy works. If I worked there for Biden, I'd last about an hour. But if I did, I would, for <laughs> four months, I would have been— Be a productive hour, though. Why, why don't we make this chips thing the Apollo program? Why is this not a big national thing? Right. That yeah, we're taking leadership of the future economy of jobs that pay $100,000 a year in the industrial Midwest and across the country away from the Chinese communists. Go America. And we got a, in this fractured time, we actually united the parties on it. Why is not leading that parade? 60% of the voters or more who are going to vote in the primary are all, I mean, in the general election also are 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 older and they just did this negotiating for medicare drug 
costs. And I know you and I can debate the merits of that, but it's wildly popular. In fact, right, right, everything yeah. that's in that bill they passed is popular. But um, but on the bipartisan stuff, they've produced you know infrastructure, guns, the the chips bill, uh, a lot to uh, crow about. But my point is this: I understand if I'm Biden, I'm thinking, I've we've done a lot. I can go out and sell it. Uh, I should go out and sell it. Uh, I would advise him uh, to go inspect the Pacific Fleet. <laughs> yeah, I understand Guam. There's some problems with the naval base there. He needs hands-on leadership for the next few months. Talking to a Clinton guy, Mike, who said back in 94, when they were in deep trouble and it turned out to be a disastrous election for them, Clinton was overseas for September and they began to make some tentative progress. And then he came back and hit the campaign trail. And, you know, he is maybe the greatest campaigner of our time, you know, but uh, but they said it hurt because yeah. it put him right back in the center ring. So I question sort of how they're framing the democracy argument. I think the better argument is we're getting stuff done that actually helps your lives. Uh, and uh, they're on no, no, this we're, kind we're of, on they're, this. On a, they're on this extremist bender. So create that choice. Do you want to go with the extremist nuts or do you want to go with people who are actually doing everyday things to improve your lives and go through all those achievements. 160 some Republican members of Congress voted against tens of thousands of good paying American jobs. And they voted on the red Chinese side of the equation on <laughs> chips that power. I mean, there's so many bumper sticker attacks to keep them on the griddle. But and mm -hmm. I don't mind putting Biden out there if he's fighting do nothing Congress Biden. But if he's out there saying, hey, see this halo, I'm here to save democracy. If you're not with it, it, it it, 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 on two levels. One, it, it, it is not the argument of traction that will move forward. It's a rehash of the old stuff. People are exhausted. Both sides go to their corner. And two, as you say, it, it makes it about him, and he doesn't right. have the numbers to make it about him right now. But he sure wants to, and he's going to. He's the 800-pound gorilla. He's going to go out there, and he's going to own this. Part of it is so many. Uh, there's so much discussion about what's going to happen in uh in in 24 and i think this is part of you know sending a signal that he has you know he's 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 here he's fighting he's beating his chest he's you know vigorous he's and uh but it, the, i i you know the best thing for joe biden would be for democrats to overperform in the fall Right. That would be the best thing for Joe Biden. So we ought to get out of the be, way. <laughs> right. I mean, they ought to be asking the question, what can we do that would maximize our chances of doing well in the fall? And right. it's not for him to be out there, and it's not for this particular argument. Well, they think they're proving that he's been taking his vitamins and he's feisty Biden, and boy, oh boy, ought to be our nominee. What they're really going to prove is he's totally capable of losing a big election to Republicans. I mean, he's going <laughs> to own this thing bigger if he makes yeah. it about him. But anyway, but we shouldn't. He's not the only one who's mucking things up, you know. Fair let, enough. It's a it's a fair fight. Let's yeah. talk about the other guy. Hey, uh, Jeff, play that clip from uh, Trump's uh, diatribe on uh, Saturday night. And frankly, Republicans locally that ran things in a lot of states should be ashamed of themselves. Should be ashamed of themselves. And a guy like Mitch McConnell, who allowed this stuff to happen, 
should be scorned. He should be scorned. The 2020 election was rigged and stolen, and now our country is being destroyed by people who got into office through cheating and through fraud. Oh, such a cheap demagogue. I mean, it's just it's so it's so grim. Uh, but yeah, there he is having one of his Castro nervous breakdown speeches. But, you know, he, he, look, here's what I think he's thinking. And God knows that's a funhouse mirror. But he, big legal trouble, slow like lava, but it doesn't stop. And I think that he thinks the best legal defense form is to elevate himself into the election and make it as political as possible. Then he has a narrative. They're out to get me. Yes. And you. Yeah. 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 Um, they're, they're against us. Everything is us and we, um, yes, cause I am, you are me. It's a great autocratic thing. You're he great did it. Leader, By the way, he know, did the yeah. line. He did the line in that speech. He, he, we, he said, this isn't, they're not just trying to silence me. They're trying to silence you. Right. No, no, no. I'm just the instrument of the great masses that I dictate and will immediately with fascist flair throw into jail who oppose me because as the Messiah, you know, I need your cheers, not your, your thoughts. But anyway, he, um, he knows that the legal system hates, hates, hates to interfere with elections and go after candidates. You know, that's like rule one. So he's thinking if he can turn himself into that he will have a more robust, not only rhetorical defense, but there will be hesitation on the prosecutorial side, which is why he might, even though I think politically it's bad for him, it shows such weakness. He might announce sooner rather than later. Purely, I worked for an AG once who was, uh, got jammed up uh, with something. It was kind of a borderline charge. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, but you know, there, it's a long story and it, it but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. he was running for governor <laughs> and he was running hard as hell. Cause he thought, I, I believe he never said this. If he became the nominee, it would be harder for the semi bullshit charge against him. They had to be prosecuted all the way. Cause he had a personal beef with the U S attorney who had once worked for him. Uh, but he lost the primary and then they went after him, and he went to college for a little while. Mm -hmm. uh, sent me a nice note that he was learning all about how to run an SNL. Now he's back, reformed, and doing right, great. You know, Dan Rostenkowski used to call he he was in uh, Oxford. I think it was Oxford, Wisconsin, and he used to say, "I'm going up to the university for a couple of years." Yeah, when right. he got convicted. So that's what you meant by college. Yeah, sharp Harper. I've heard that. I love that term of art. Yeah, that guy at Goldman. He got caught inside. Went to college for a few years. <laughs> um, but anyway, to the point. I think the legal stuff is is pushing Trump to put himself even more in the center of politics. God help the Republican Party. Well, the interesting thing to me about that clip was the roar of the crowd when he mentions McConnell. Oh, so yeah. Here's, here, so here's Mitch McConnell trying to elect a Senate majority, and here are Trump Republicans who are absolutely incensed and, you know, aflame with hatred uh, for him. And, you know, I I'm saying what is remarkable to me is the Republican Party four or five months ago were headed for a huge victory this fall. I mean, I think we all felt that way, and they still may uh, pull out uh, significant 
gains, although it really looks to me, I think that um, Nate Silver's group, the 538 guys, now have, a, based on polling, a 68% chance that Democrats hold on to the Senate. I don't know what the odds are, but I do think Dems will probably hold on to the Senate. And then, you know, the House is going to be narrower and so on. But they were headed for a huge gains and they were all picking out their yeah, offices. Yeah, no, and it's they were a disaster. All, yeah. And, and, and now, you know, everything's up for grabs and you guys are acting like Democrats. You're at each well, other's I know. throats. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, we certainly are. So just a sidebar on poor Mitch. I just saw a poll in Utah where I'm working on a super PAC helping Evan McMullen, the independent. Who's the independent. Yeah. yeah. Quite a race. People should Google him. There's a lot going on. Yeah. His big speech we today. We should spend some time Zoom. on that at, at some point. It's a fascinating yeah. race because the Democrats aren't really running anybody. They know McMullen is a kind of center right guy, but they're, they don't like Lee and there's pro, no law. Pro-democracy so, guy. Yeah. So single digit race. It's pretty hot. It's fascinating. But anyway, so in this poll, the most unpopular person in Utah is McConnell. Because all the Democrats hate him as the stage villain they see Mitch as. And the MAGA Republicans, you know, more than half the party there easily, all hate him <laughs> because Trump says to. So he's he's got like like horrible. I mean, I, I, I like 70 unfavorable. It's unbelievable. He yeah. ought to go endorse Lee. It would be good. Um, so that that McConnell thing is definitely kind of kind of clicked out there. So we have this civil war between the cowardly regulars and the eye-bulging Trump rioting masses uh, in a year where we should absolutely go to town. Generically, we Republicans, the extent yes. I'm even loud in the club And historically, anymore. I mean, you Historically, should. yeah, no, everything's working our way. So the biggest campaign going on right now is the campaign of Republicans under the Trump spell versus opportunity. And, you know, they're destroying it. And, you know, we should talk about the NRSC mess. Yeah, well, to talk about that, because part of this, McConnell is not only uh, fending off Trump, but uh, also he's got issues within his own caucus, yeah. caucus here because he appointed, I assume he appointed Rick Scott, the senator from Florida, head the, the, the Republican Senate committee. I don't know committee. if it was a point, but kind of collective nudging, because I don't think he's ever been a big fan. I don't speak for Mitch, but the bottom line is, so we, we ought to back up a minute. So the parties always have three big committees, as you know well, RNC, DNC, but the House campaigns, there's a committee that congressman run that is in charge of that the d trip on your side and the NR, nrcc on mine and then same for the senate so the national republican senatorial campaign committee the nrsc big big organization a senator takes it every term uh kind of elected by the colleagues and they spend raise a ton spend a ton to help win senate seats particularly bailout incumbents but also try to win some challengers so rick scott senator zillionaire from florida has the committee now there's always as we both remember from our consulting days a lot of backbiting about who's got contracts who the ins are who's the committee telling people to hire how dare they do that you know it's been going on forever and ever and there's always carping about whatever senators in charge is using the committee to move their own ambitions sometimes presidential there's a lot of it when phil graham ran the committee and uh the cycle before the 96 presidential and he was a primary candidate but this time it's all over the newspapers and they're out of money canceling millions of dollars of television time with leaks from the mcconnell side leaks from various consultant crime families being all upset about it <laughs> and a, a, a lot of it is is this thing they did 
And the committee folks, the Scott folks will say, well, we did spend a lot of money, but what we were doing was attracting new low dollar donors digitally to the party. Well, true. But was also what was also, I believe, true was some hacks in the, the Senator Scott's orbit of Florida. That's Senator Scott. We're saying, hey, boss, we got a genius idea here. Pure genius. We're going to spend tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars on digital advertising to bring in new donors starring, wait for it, you. You, you're the voice. And this, of course, will make you really famous. Raise your name ID with base voters that we want to turn into base donors. And let's just say, get ready for the Oval Office, sir. We have a real plan here. So they went out and spent a bunch of money with the rather creepy Senator Rick Scott as the front guy to try to bring in at a loss on the theory of you harvest money later. If you lose money creating a donor, the donor will give multiple times. You make the money back and more uh, and they drain the account. And so they're on to him now. His colleagues yes. are on to him. They're out of money. They're canceling TV time. Now, it's not the end of the world for the arts because McConnell's got a big, highly competent political operation that can run a lot of TV money, not always aligned with what Trump wants. But everybody's sniping at each other. It's Totally. It's, yeah. Well, Scott ought to be used to this because he paid a $2 billion fraud settlement uh, when he was in the healthcare industry uh, back in the day. So he, he understands uh, financial controversy yeah, he knows how to make a Intimately. calculator say "ouch," no doubt about it, <laughs> and 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 uh, and others as well. But all I'm saying is, this is a very funky look for a party that was supposed to be sailing into a uh, you Keystone know, Cops. and we'll see what yeah. happens because I, I still. A lot of these races are marginal, and it comes down to turnout. The one thing that's happened is uh, after Dobbs and everything else we talked about, uh, the uh, Democratic interest in the election has basically caught up with Republican interest in the election. And one of the reasons that the incumbent party usually loses these midterms is that their voters are less interested than the people who are angry about being on the outs. And uh, so the opposition party comes out in larger numbers. Yeah. And that that looked like what was going to happen here. You had a dispirited Democratic Party. Exactly. Uh, uh, a, a Republican Party that was all pumped up to send a message about Biden and inflation and crime and the border. And and now, uh, it, it, you know, turnout looks like uh, it could be sort of even. Well, and the, just quickly, the ours have a de- demographic advantage, too, in the off year because our grumpy old voters show up and your young right. hip voters have a rave to go to. And Which is another reason why the Dobbs years. thing, because you yeah, see- Yeah, right. That's this, the key you know, to the, Dobbs, I think. Yeah. Will it yeah. make a material difference? So let me just say, for our Democratic friends out there are like, oh, thank Christ, let's have another white wine spritzer and get ready to win. <laughs> Take a look at the Georgia race, where Herschel Walker, who yes. basically, can, you know, anyway, just Google him and listen to some of the clips. Worst candidate in the world, uh, despite all that equity he has as a famous sports hero. He's still hanging in there. You yeah. know, in a, in a wave election, this summer stuff can melt away and if it reverts to normalcy and the Republicans all go inspect this, the Pacific fleet, some boxes of hammers can be elected to the Senate. It is, uh, it becomes a one-way thing. And that, that monster is still out there despite the Republican massive uh, stumbling and incompetence. There was some piece, some, some pollster, uh, I think it was a British pollster looking at, but anyway, some pollster was evaluating the underrepresentation of Trump voters in the last several cycles. And that has made, you know, being precise about uh, uh, 
particularly state polling, very difficult. And you know, when you look at how marginal some of these races are, uh, you can see where where they could turn. What seems clear is that Republicans and I, and nothing is you know I want to everything had comes with a disclaimer that we this could all be bullshit and we'll be eating crow the day after the election. But it wait, does, wait, wait. We're supposed to admit that after we've run the ads and get paid acts. Remember the <laughs> okay. meeting? All, all right, right. Go fine. ahead. Go Jeff, ahead, you can, you can cut that out, Jeff. And we'll, <laughs> but um, it does appear that the House is going to be far less, it's going to be far yeah. less uh, uh, robust for the Republicans than, than was initially uh, predicted. And I'm told that, you know, there's a, quite a bit of concern in McCarthy land yeah, about there this. Ought to be. So the perception, because politicians are emotional critters like everybody else, the perception in the House Republican Conference. Or even more so. Yeah. No, they want the love of strangers or like stand-up comedians. It's a crazy life (laughs) they embrace. Love me. But the perception in the Republican ranks in the House was, ooh, it's going to be big, big, big. We're going to have a wipeout. Ooh, play Braveheart again. A lot of of (laughs) jumping around. They've actually done that in conference meetings. Let's all watch Braveheart and get psyched. (laughs) So anyway, and I think about how how many of these guys I got elected, but um, they're very excited. And now they're finding out that they're not going to get the new train set on Christmas morning. You know, they're going to get a nice lollipop and there's anger in the troops. They're reacting emotionally in the mere opposite of how the Democrats are all high-fiving each other. Now we're back. So should it happen that the, the, it's a single digit or very low teens win instead of 25 seats, which I agree with you is more likely might've always been more likely because we have fewer swing seats now with redistricting. Anyway, McCarthy's going to have some mad troops. So all of a sudden the amount of whispering in the hallways I'm hearing back through my many sources who only admit under duress to talking to me up there is like, boy, Kevin really screwed this one. You know, we don't really like Kevin. He's not really one of us. You know, it started, the intrigue. And the idea of Speaker McCarthy, if they win by nine seats or whatever, being a given, I don't believe at all anymore, nor have I ever. Okay, let's take a break right here for a word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. Now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. You know, Mike, we both have spent a lot of our lives in highly stressful situations where it's really easy to get bogged down in thinking about things that were going wrong, things that were challenging. And you get in that hole, and sometimes it's hard to get out, and you need some help. And where do you get it these days? Well, better help. You know, David, you're right. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with a challenge in life. And we all have so many Absolutely. challenges. It's a core part of life. And how you navigate them is really important to your mental health. So when you learn how to find your own solutions, well, as you know, there's no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or how small. And that's where better help comes in. I've talked, I've had periods in my life where I've needed help and I've talked to someone and it, it helps you get clarity about some of the issues that you're coping with. It helps restore uh, some perspective and get you back on track to really get to the core of some of the things that are bogging you down. Yeah. No, look, I have to spend an hour a day with you and Gibbs. Are you kidding? I'm, I'm, I, I need a lot of help navigating. I, we stress. feel like we're giving you therapy. But. <laughs> you probably are. You yes. probably are. That's true. But look, for our listeners, if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a tremendous option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, 
and entirely online. What happens is you get matched with the therapist after filling out a brief online survey, and you you're you have the power here. You can switch therapists at any time you want to find the right match so it's productive for you. It's really important. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash hacks today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash hacks. Give it a try. I, I wanted to play this ad the last time we were together, and we didn't have time to do it. But this is an ad from Mark Kelly in Arizona. Kelly, the former astronaut who's raised a lot right. of money in strong shape in a tough state. Yes. So let's listen to that ad. I'm the mayor of Mesa and a Republican. The last few years have been tough on our local businesses and our community needed help. That's when I heard from Mark Kelly. We may be from different political parties, but that doesn't matter for Mark. For him, we're all on Team Arizona. That's who Mark is. He secured critical funding to help save our small businesses. Mark doesn't look for ways to blame Democrats or Republicans. He looks for a way forward. I'm Mark Kelly, and I approve this message. So, you know, when you listen to that ad and listen to the Biden speech, you have to ask yourself, are they on the same page? No, they're not. Right. I mean, that is a shrewd ad. We both run those kind of ads before where you're trying yes. to peel off the country club Republicans. Right. Because you the, the knuckle draggers are too scary for them. By the way, disclosure, I think I'm a Mark Kelly donor from about a year ago. Okay. Because there was some, uh, uh, the Republican took a crack at McCain. I got pissed. I sent Kelly money. So bottom line is, that's why I think if I had to bet my house, I'd bet on Kelly to win. And that's why if I had to bet on Biden's political standing on election day, I'd probably bet it's going to be a little lower. Right. Now, the the other thing I want to say relative to uh, the Biden speech, this there, there's a guy, Pat Ryan, who just got elected yeah. in that special in upstate New York. And I saw an interview with him and... Uh, I was really impressed by it. Uh, and he talked about his message, the winning message. And he said, he's a former serviceman. And he said, um, meaning he was in the, in the service. And he said, you know, my race was all about freedom, freedom for uh, women and their families to make the most intimate choices about their bodies and abortion, uh, freedom to send our kids to school without fear that they're going to be, you know, mowed down by a mass, uh, you know, a mass murderer uh, with an assault weapon, freedom to vote and confidence that your vote is going to be counted. And it was, you know, he, he threw the, his whole message in the context of freedom in a swing district. And you yeah. know, I mean, you know better than I, Murphy, I don't know how many thousands of times you've used that word in your advertising, but that is something that will appeal to swing voters, to independent voters, to Republican-leaning independents, and to some Republican voters. Right. No, you frame it to go where the voters are. It's the old advertising slogan, don't sell the drill, sell the hole it makes. You know, you know there was a Democratic political hack. I don't even I'm know so what that makes, but it sounds pretty wise. No, no. It's it just you sell the benefit. You fit the consumer where the consumer is. Ah. 
you go to them in the mentality to get a uh, universal appeal, which is what yes. that does. There was a Democratic. I've never used a drill. That's why I had a. Well, yeah, exactly. That's the problem with your party. You need to nominate more people know how to change a tire. <laughs> I agree with that. You wouldn't lose <laughs> the white working class to Trump every damn election. But back to the point. There was this wonderful guy, and I'm blanking on his name in my dotage here, which embarrasses me. I haven't seen him in a decade. But he was a big Democratic lobbyist for the National Association of Home Builders in D.C. And I remember chiding him a little, boy, that's a Republican outfit. You know, you're a Democrat. How do you survive? He says, with, he said with his Indiana draw, well, you know, people look at me and said, oh, no, not a Democratic home builder. And I said, no, I'm a home building Democrat. And, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> that really frames it well. It's where they are. So is right. Mark Kelly. Right. So, yeah, we, we don't need Biden to be a left-wing version of Trump rhetorically and just right. kerosene right. on the war. So on the Stobbs thing, here's the second thing I wanted to get to. You've seen Republicans en masse now try and move Reverse. a little, a little <laughs> bit left yeah. on this issue. You've got 12 states with flat-out bans on abortion, now no exceptions. And I think this is... F- deeply, deeply frightening people. You saw what happened in Kansas. Uh, so now you have guys like Blake Masters down in Arizona who had you know, a personhood amendment on his website and very, very strong anti-abortion language, removes it all, doesn't add, sort of positing himself as a moderate and uh, on, on abortion. You know, the question is, can you just erase everything that's just happened or do people sense it for what it is? Well, you can't erase it, but you can sure shuffle over a little bit and take some of the energy out of the anger. You know, to quote the great conservative Winston Churchill, when the facts change, so does my opinion. What they're going to do is understand that the real center of gravity in most places on abortion is not where the left wing you know, center of the Democratic Party is, and it sure isn't where the no exceptions world is. And they're they're going to kind of nudge their way over there. Will, will it change the abortion problem for them? No. Could it dull the knife a little and take some of the energy out of it for more casual voters who aren't single issue? I think it might work. I mean, the general election shuffle to the center is a venerable political tactic, not even unknown to Team Obama on some issues. And so I think there will be some, it won't save them, but it'll help them. I will let that gratuitous uh, sway go <laughs> by. I'm, not, I'm, I'm too big to, to respond to, to that. To stoop to that kind of political. Uh, but the, uh, but the, the, the problem here is they're not shuffling to the left uh, from positions that they took in previous years. or This is like positions they took in previous weeks. Oh, no, I agree. And look, the Democrats can prosecute it. And the good thing for the Democrats, even if the Republicans succeed in convincing people, well, they've moderated a little, it still makes the center of the discussion abortion rights, which is not what the winning Republican campaign in the suburbs looks like. So it's just a question of how big of a lottery do the Democrats win. If I were working for one of these chumps, I'd be saying the same thing, which is, you know, I've heard a lot from the people of the state. I think we can find a consensus that there are fewer abortions. You know, they're for abortion than demand. They want to use your tax money to pay for it, blah, 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 and try to blur it to the center a little more. I'm still losing, but I'm not losing as badly. And that's yeah. why they're trying to do it because they got nothing else. 
well, I lied to you to win the primary and keep Trump away from endorsing against me, frankly. I didn't mean any of this shit. I just want the free haircuts in the Senate. They look pretty good. You know, they can't do that, though. Somebody ought to try that. I would yes. love to have the the Bullworthian, you know, meltdown where somebody says, oh, Christ, I don't think I care about abortion. I don't care at all. I was just pandering. It's politics. Yeah. Well, that would be the truth in about 60% of the cases, certainly on Trump, oh, you yeah. know, where they all uh, know better. I mean, there's no bigger Trumpy out there right now than Carrie Lake, the governor's candidate in uh, in Arizona. And I think she was a Obama donor. There's I, no bigger pro-choice Trump MAGA nut than Trump. Yes. You know, yes. Trump's about as pro-life as AOC. You know, and, and so it, it's just anyway, the cynicism of it all is, is, is deafening. Quickly, the Senate races, I wanted to ask you, there's a little bit of a storm in Pennsylvania where Doc Oz has been circling the drain, unless he's one of those blocks of cement that a wave can elect. Yes. Fetterman is under some editorial attack for apparently getting a little dodgy about debate citing health. What would your advice be to the Fetterman guys to get out of this thing? He's been dodging debates, but he hasn't been dodgy in the sense that he's been very open about the fact that he's still recovering from his stroke and he has some auditory processing uh, issues. Uh, and, you know, the Republicans are trying to figure out how to, you know, Oz took a big swipe at him on it that kind of landed with a thud. But, I mean, look, it's going to be an issue in the race. I will say this. People have affection for Fetterman. He is more popular than I realized when this race started. They th be, Primarily because people think he's authentic. Yeah, he's an unpolitician. You know, we talked about that a lot. In the, it was either going to be he's Bernie and he's dead or he's unpolitician and he'll be really strong. And it seems to be going that way. Yeah. But I, I expect that there'll be more focus on this as time goes on. Can he function effectively? in the Senate. But I have to say, Oz is sitting there with a 60% unfavorable. Uh, he is, uh, he is a, you know, first of all, he's not, he's not really a Pennsylvanian, which is a problem, yeah. uh, you know, and that has become painfully obvious that he moved over from New Jersey because he wants to go to the Senate. Uh, his, you know, it's been, we don't have to spend a lot of time on him talking about vegetable plates and as crude <laughs> you know Fetterman and, ought to say sure I'll debate you but only in New Jersey I want you to be comfortable <laughs> you know I'll tell you something no one in history has run a better race with the candidate sort of on the bench than the Fetterman people I have. agree their their campaign they have dogged us I mean he's helped he went on a long European vacation after the primary and uh uh, he he shoots he regularly shoots himself in the foot. No, no, but you're right. It's like a Jackie Chan movie. I mean, every time I see Oz, he's flying through the air upside down. You know, it's just <laughs> it's just terrible. And Oz is so bad at it. But I mean, this is going to be an issue. And but I I think the hard thing for the Republicans is there is affection for Fetterman. There's no affection for Oz. And so if they go after him with a blunt instrument on this. Yeah, uh, I think there could be a backlash to it. And Oz doesn't seem to have subtly. I mean, God, I hope he doesn't operate like that because he'd need a chainsaw. They, this yeah. thing could be done lightly. Look, if you can't do a debate, we ought to step back and think about, is it your time to be in the Senate? Instead, it's, it's like, I'll pay for a team of doctors to stand there. Well, you know, anyway. it. Um, but I think it's a thing the Fetterman people are going to have to figure out here because it could break through. Yeah. 
they ought to employ the old some people talk, other people's do strategy and uh, try and use a little jujitsu on this issue. Yeah, yeah. A senator who doesn't give long speeches. How can I vote yeah, ex- for him? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you wanted to talk about the Wisconsin Senate race as well, right? Yeah, well, just for a minute, what's your take? On, you know, Ron Johnson's the most beatable guy up for re-election in a, in a 50-50 state like, like Wisconsin, but Mandela Barnes is not what I'd call the strongest general election candidate. He's kind of an inspiring character. That was a conventional wisdom. Well, that's me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Clearly. I, I look to you for that. Yeah, but, yeah. The, uh, but he's... Uh, but he's the lieutenant governor. He, you know, he's, he's a, sort of an, has an activist profile out of Milwaukee. But, you know, he's got, he went through a primary campaign and he sort of outlasted a guy with a lot of money and some uh, well-respected state officials. And he's in a pretty strong position. I mean, he's polling ahead. I don't know if he's seven points ahead, as the Marquette poll suggests, but he's, he's definitely ahead, partly because Johnson's so unpopular and sort of off kilter that he's been kind of an embarrassment to the state. The question is whether they can paint a picture in the last eight weeks, nine weeks of uh, Barnes as a kind of left wing, you know, there are pictures of him with defund police or I yeah. think it's, no, it's, it, it's, uh, it's, it, I think it has to do with ice, you know, abolish ice. Really? During this hot summer? <laughs> exactly. uh, sorry lame joke couldn't resist but you're right i mean what the johnson people would say there you go thank, thank you, you i'm Jeff. here all week yes. dip your server <laughs> you know if it were james mace it would go something like the, what the johnson <laughs> people would say if they were here was what we needed was a candidate that would allow us to make the race not about johnson but about biden and liberal democrats and we have that with barnes so now they got what they wanted we'll see if they could execute it because johnson's numbers are terrible they need a big switch like like that, and as you say, nine weeks and counting. Yes, uh, we'll see. But it does say something about how the year is evolving here. Yeah, that uh, that a Democrat is leading. That this Democrat, in particular, but the Democrats are leading in Wisconsin, which is, as you say, the ultimate bellwether state, a fifty-fifty state. And I think there's a place where Dobbs may be a decisive factor in the suburbs of Milwaukee and in, in bringing younger voters out. And uh, yeah, yeah. One thing we know so far about Dobbs is. In the college towns, turnout has soared. So keep an yes. eye on old, reliable, left-wing Dane County there to see if there's <laughs> extraordinary Democratic turnout. And as you say, the suburbs. You met, you invoked uh, the name of the great Winston Churchill. And I know that you are uh, certainly among the annals of, or among the ranks of, of the hacks. You are the number one Anglophile. And so I know you've been watching with rapt I'm actually attention. more of a Francophile, but I kind of like Brit politics, which you've worked in. You, you got I have. Yeah, no, I enjoy it as well. Country too. So we have a new prime minister. We, we do. We do. As of today, the queen got out the magic scepter and it's done. So the, what I was doing here, I felt like a French diplomat because a few months back I thought, oh, I know, we can hustle these limeys. We're trick them into coming on Hacks on <laughs> Tap and a huge ratings boom. We're going international because we actually, this thing through the magic of the interweb as you well know goes everywhere we're like the number three podcast in ganya uh, of politics so we get this crazy sheet with all these country breakouts we have a lot of listeners in the uk god bless you um other commonwealth countries canada australia too so i thought all right we're gonna lure them on here for 10 minute interviews by phone uh so i joined i paid my 50 quid and i joined the conservative party you're allowed to join if you're a foreigner and i thought aha i'll sell my vote but 
like the French diplomat, I was too clever by half. Those, you know, they ran an empire uh, for a reason. <laughs> they're, they're crafty. And they have a, a little sub thing in the membership deal, paragraph 917, that no stupid Americans or foreigners are allowed to vote in the party election, but we will take your money uh, for like 12 weeks. So I couldn't vote. And of course, they blew us off. Uh, bottom line is, Fascinating election. Only 160,000 uh, uh, people voted. Their primaries are much smaller because you got to be a paid-in member. They only have about 175,000. Uh, she won by 20,000 votes. Now, the the CW there, which tends to be, as you know from working there, kind of a bubble think, all said she'd beat them two to one, wipe them out. She won 57-43, she being Liz Truss, who beat uh, Rishi Sunak, who was the chancellor of the Exchequer, leading anti-Johnson plotter. Helped him in the parliamentary stage of the election where only their members all voted to take it down to two, which he dominated. She was behind. She made it into the second place. Then it went to the membership. They had the vote. She won by 20,000. Uh, and she's it. She ran on base issues, tax cuts, good stuff. But now they're behind in the polls, those Tories are. And Keir Starmer, I, 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 the labor yeah. names are fantastic, is going to give her the race of her life unless she can have a comeback, made a lot of big promises, the party split. One interesting thing to your point is uh, she made a point of paying very effusive tribute to Boris Johnson, the outgoing prime minister who quit in disgrace. Uh, as as part of her uh, presentation, and I know you love tax cuts. It seems like an odd prescription for inflation, which is a you know they've got inflation problems there. Right. As well, well, they've got exploding energy costs because of Ukraine. So she right. said, "I'm the conservative. I'm going to cut taxes and I'm going to spend a hundred billion pounds, making sure you don't actually have to pay your energy bill now because you know the country's in an uproar with the exploding prices." I don't know. She, I thought Sunak was the stronger candidate. To win, And what I liked about Sunak, and I'll give a salute to the, the Tories here, they have done the best job of any Western right of center party at becoming a diverse multicultural party by far. Mm -hmm. He was symbolically very important. And he was kind of the tip of that iceberg of success they've had. Look at the cabinet. I mean, it, it, it's amazing. The Republicans could learn from it. But she she was not seen as an anti-Johnson plotter like he was, which was true. That worked with his parlamentary peers, but not with the grassroots. Yeah, he was the one. He, he administered the fatal blow to Yeah, Johnson. he was the Brutus of the deal. And Johnson remembered that. He was pretty active for trust. So, okay, now she, she's got to ride the buck and bronco, and they got a lot of problems there and they're behind labor. We'll see what happens. I wish her well. And now that I'm a member of the party and I will be able to vote next time. So we expect the candidates here on Hacks on Tap. Maybe you can be in the cabinet over there. You know, I'm open. I have to yeah. say, I've always wanted to be first sea lord. So uh, uh, that's appointed. But uh, MOD, yeah. I want to see you become the first Hacks on Tap guy knighted by the queen <laughs> well so. as a as a son of ireland i think that's highly unlikely because uh, <laughs> i'm i'm murphy m-u-r-p-h-y the catholic not the m-u-r-p-h-e-y which is the protestant yeah, that version. could be so limiting you're right i, I don't yeah. think i'm going to be down at swords r us buying my ceremonial uh saber anytime soon but thank you for this sentiment my friend no no that's okay hey x we just got a telegram here from buckingham palace the queen's been listening in to make sure we did justice to the new pm and she says enough jibber jabber get to the questions so we have yes. a royal decree here yeah time to play the music Shows you how long the queen's been around that she sent a telegram someone needs to update her anyway go ahead 
All right, if you have a question, send it to us at our secret squirrel mailbox, hacksontap at gmail.com, hacksontap at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the must-read Hacks on Tap newsletter. Twice a week, goes right into your email inbox. We answer questions. We insult Axelrod. We have a lot of fun. Gibbs and I do it. Plenty of stuff not in the podcast. It's free. Just go to hacksontap.bulletin.com, hacksontap.bulletin.com. All right, for Professor Axelrod from Peter. Yes, Peter. Here we go, Quizmaster. Okay. People seem to think that donations to a candidate's campaign go directly into that candidate's pocket. Legally, that's certainly not how it works. Can one of you esteemed gentlemen, Axe, I'll let you handle this one, walk me through the mechanics of corruption via political donations? And we can exempt Cook County from all this. All right, we're talking about- Well, let me tell you something. Until (laughs) 1998 in Cook County, you could- take campaign contributions and you could keep them and use them for personal use if you pay taxes on it. Ah, fair and, enough. And uh, the person who changed that was a state senator named Barack Obama who passed the reform law making the obvious point that this literally would be legalized bribery and and so it's no longer uh, the case in Illinois but uh, Illinois was a late adopter to the idea that you shouldn't be able to just hand <laughs> You're like a cat. Cash. I throw you a nice nasty question about Cook County corruption and you land on Obama saving the day. It's amazing. I don't know. You should work for that guy or something. You know, I'll tell you, it's a skill. But but the fact is that, you know, no campaign contributions can't be treated as personal income. And several members of Congress have gone to prison not uh, in, very recently for, for doing that very thing. That said, you know, they, there are broad uses for it. You can, you know, Donald Trump is using campaign I, I it may be the uh, the RNC but I think it's his own you know huge trough of money that he's raising from uh from individual yeah to uh to pay for some of his uh legal expenses and, and just a quick interjection part of the problem we talked about the committee's not raising low dollar money is cuz Trump's hoovering it all up which is starving regular republican fundraising for his yeah. own devices but the, the 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 we ought to say though that the corrupting element of contributions particularly large contributions and there's another aspect that applies to small contributions is the impact that they have on decisions that politicians make. And, uh, you know, Washington is awash in money. Candidates need money to run. And even when you're running, even when you're running on small dollar contributions, I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene is a master fundraiser. Why? Because she inflames the base and the base has certain expectations of of what she's going to do as a result of that. So, I continue to be worried about money in politics. I think yeah. small donations are better than large, but there is a lot of organized money that influences how decisions are made. And that's really the corruption that we talk about today, not the old Chicago style. You know, there are a few members who will do the stupid thing like their idiot brother-in-law will go on the campaign payroll as an organizer. There's some of that stuff. But fundamentally what it is is they're sitting around and a Murphy or an Axelrod shows up and says, hey, you're getting killed out there. The poll numbers are terrible. And they say, well, I need I need $3 million of TV and direct mail to fix it. Where do I get it? Well, <laughs> we have a couple of fine special interests over here. I'd love to hear your right. view. So the money is the heroine of their career to survive in the tough world of politics where some crazy billionaire may come in to try to defeat them. So they're desperate to raise money, which oils a system where they pay attention to big donors. Not so much to put money in their own pocket, but as David says, to uh, 
to move forward in an expensive arena of politics. Okay, Audrey asks Murphy, if Trump decides to run in 2024, which seems uh, apparent that he will, do you think he would pick DeSantis for vice president? Well, first of all, Audrey is my daughter's name, so I'm not going to uh, immediately make fun of your question, Audrey, because it's a wonderful name. No, no, he will not. He will not. He would rather have a stuffed DeSantis head on his desk as a tchotchke to tell visitors about than put him in his VP. And knowing DeSantis, Trump would need the Secret Service to put on five more food <laughs> testers. So no, 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 that one doesn't work. Now, in the rational world- You know that old joke, by the way, but Murphy, just no, before ahead. you finish, the old joke about uh, after Eisenhower had his heart attack in 56, that he and Nixon were walking along the steps, uh, you know, uh, the, the plaza in front of the Capitol, and they're looking up the Capitol steps, and Nixon says, race you to the top, Mr. President. <laughs> so that, uh, that that would be DeSantis. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That would be, it would be grim. Now, you're right in history, Audrey, that people have not picked people because it was politically smart that they didn't like and kind of sidelined him a bit, uh, a long history of that kind of stuff. Uh, LBJ was not treated particularly well by the Kennedys, for example. But Trump is so, and let me know if you disagree, Axe, but Trump is so zeroed in on his grievances and resentments and insecurities, he wants a factotum. Uh, so no, I think he, uh, he would never pick DeSantis because DeSantis is seen as a rival. Well, he thinks Mike Pence, who was one of the most loyal vice presidents in the history of the country was a, a, a Brutus because he wouldn't uh, overturn the election. So he's going to be putting a, as you say, he's going to be putting a premium on absolute slavish loyalty, uh, I think, if he uh, is the candidate again. Okay, so we have to ask one for Gibbs, even though Gibbs is not here, but then we get to answer for him, which is better for everyone anyway. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so Andrew has an interesting question. Do you think that the Biden administration has given thought for President Biden issuing a pardon to former President Trump for any crimes he committed as president and for the current National Archives document issues? It would put Trump in a bind in that he would have to admit wrongdoing in order to accept the pardon, and Biden would look like the bigger man in trying to move past Trump so that he and the nation could concentrate on the pressing issues of the day. Is this realistic? Would you do it before or after the midterms? You know, that is a fascinating question, Andrew, because there might be a moment where Trump is desperate enough to kind of take the plea here. The problem is, unlike Nixon, where, you know, we've had this problem before, what do you do if a disgraced president? You can't rely on Trump to shut up and go write his memoirs. You know, he, he'd be out getting into the election every day. And if you did it now, Trump would probably say, I reject the pardon. I want a trial. So you need to get Trump in that moment of whimpering vulnerability where the legal thing is turned and we're not there yet. But it's an interesting idea to kind of cauterize the whole national wound, which was the argument Ford made. By the way, a quick plug, Don Rumsfeld, before he died, wrote a great book about the transition from Nixon to Ford. People forget that Rummy was, uh, you know- Chief of uh, Staff. Yeah, Chief of Staff of Ford White House. And it's fascinating about how they kind of put Nixon down. Uh, but anyway, doubt it'll ever happen, but theoretically, it's kind of an interesting idea. There are a lot of Democrats listening right now who are howling their discontent yeah, they're, they're with that screaming with that question. Radio. Well, send your angry letters to David Axelrod at the University of Chicago <laughs> Institute of Politics. Just wax on for a sec to make that hate mail worth it. It's kind of interesting, though. I don't think it'll ever happen. What's, what's your take? Quickly, David, and then we'll sign off. I think Joe Biden 
is right now thinking about running for president again, and I'm not sure that he would uh, that he would uh, would make a move like that. It is a kind of Solomonic way to move the country past that. But you're right. I mean, it also uh, would require uh, Trump acknowledging his crimes. Although, I mean, I, would a prophylactic kind of pardon require that? Uh, neither of us are lawyers. Uh, yeah, much no, to I'm the not sure. of our parents. Yeah, but uh, we we have to call the one eight hundred law line to figure it out. I think the fundamental flaw of it is it requires Trump to have some honor, and Trump has none. So you can't make any kind of deal with Trump, even for the good of the country, because he will still be Trump. And we'll check and see if he has any honor next week. Yeah, yeah, we're having an update on that. We're put, <laughs> we're put Gibbs on it now that he's our special correspondent out in the field. Oh, always fun to talk to you, David. Happy right, post-Labor Day, Labor yes. Day. Looking forward to the stretch run here. We'll uh, see you next time. We'll be here covering it all. Thanks, everybody. All right. you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.